1: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824, Terms and Conditions Apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug.
0: (laughs) We're sounding more more like each other. (laughs) We've got a great one today, dude.
2: Who's that? Who we got?
0: From whose line is it anyway? Don't get excited. It's not Wayne Brady. <laughs> uh, no, but from Whose Line Is it Anyway? And the smartest man in the world podcast, it's Greg Proops. <laughs> Woohoo! Longtime yeah. friend, longtime friend of mine. Uh, he is also one of the two heads in the, you know, the two headed commentator in the Padre sequence of Phantom Menace, but let's not hold that against him. <laughs> He's so smart, and uh, I'm pretty sure all of his answers today are going to be improvised.
2: (laughs) Can't wait, dude.
0: It's Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. Let's go to work. Greg
1: Proops. Yeah. Hello, Doug Benson and Wide World of Doug's people. <laughs> uh, yeah, other Doug here as well.
0: Yeah, we got our co-host, Doug Mellard. Have the two of you guys met? Oh, Doug here? Mellard.
2: Hi, Doug Mellard. I, I probably at a Tiger Lily show or something, I'm sure, or, or Doug Lowe's movies, but it's been a minute. It's good to see you, Doug. You too. Or it's good <laughs> to see your picture. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we go audio only on this thing cuz uh, you know the listeners don't get pictures, so why should we? Um great to have you here Greg. Thank you, Dougies. How is it uh going? How's uh you know as things open back up? How's that treating you?
1: Well, um I was anxious because I felt like uh you know Three four months ago, we were told to never leave the house or we die, and uh, then all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, everybody, do whatever you like." And uh, so I was a little, uh, maybe I'm a little overly cautious. Uh, I was out the other day, and I um, I get a little, I get a little nervous sometimes. It's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad because I've I've gone out with Jennifer now, and we've eaten outside like two or three times, and we hadn't eaten. Uh, out a meal since um oh god you know march last year i think Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: it was it's just a bold new thing to even go outside and eat so i'm excited about that part um i still don't trust people enough uh to think that they're going to do the right thing and so you know when i start touring again uh there's that issue like you yeah. know, so I don't mean to be a bummer about it. This is, a, I'm sure it's a comedy <laughs> show. but like uh, When something is devastating as what we've just gone through or what we're going through still is going on, I don't see that normal as like a real big option. I think you and I had this discussion a few months ago, uh, Dead Benson, why were, why were 50,000 people dying of the flu every year? Which we could have avoided if everyone had worn masks. And then to find out people weren't washing their hands all the time? Like, yuck. Right. So... Uh, I always, I wasn't a mask person, but now I'm going to be. But uh, having to travel so much uh, and be in an airplane or a car or a bus or a train or whatever every day and theaters and clubs, I'm always wash my hands and carry those little foil pouches of alcohol because some planes you're on don't even have like a sink. They're so small. Yeah. And airports are filthy. So I was always kind of super conscious about that, but I've really enjoyed not having a cold or a flu in a year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's been, it's been crazy that it's been that easy to not have a cold or flu is to, you know, stay away from people. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, right. It, it took a zillion, you know, 5 million people in the world to die to learn this, but yes, it, it uh, I, uh, I intend on wearing my mask on planes, uh, and then any kind of public thing like that for a good long time until yeah, planes are a great. I mean,
0: masks would have been great, a great idea to begin. You know, before the pandemic, just because, you know, uh, you're just cooped up with people. I know they say that it's the you know best air out there, but uh, it's not. There's no way. <laughs> you know, it still just uh, trips me out that you know you you have to be confined with people for so long, and just also. I mean it's just better for like if you're going to be napping anyway, why do you want your stupid mouth hanging open? No. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think everybody everybody looks better with their masks. on. I think They do.
1: I'll see anything. It hides a world of hurt, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It yeah. really does. More people have I think it's funny. People have uh, you could If they had to just get by on eyes, people are all pretty good looking. (laughs) You can see the rest of the face, that you go, okay.
1: (laughs) When you effectively cut off half of people's faces, they are much better looking. It's true. I am. It hides my double chin. It's great. (laughs) I mean, you know, I went to uh, in 2019, or as we now we refer to anything before last year as the before days, or uh, or I've heard that anytime you say last year, you mean 2019 wow I, yeah i like that yeah so uh, last year uh, i went to tokyo with the uh, nightmare before christmas which you've seen doug the live show mm-hmm. that we do and it's really really fun and one of our singers fletcher uh who i've known for years uh wears this elaborate mask on the plane right to tokyo which is a long ass flight you know it's it, like england or whatever it's 12 hours 10 hours and um uh I called him Kane the whole way, right? Or Bane, rather. I called him Bane the whole way, you know? And then I'd see him wearing it in the dress room. And it was this really giant oxygen-y mask thing. And then, of course, we realize now how right he was to do that because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a great singer and he sings in a real high register. And you can't lose that, right? And the one thing on a plane is you're going to dry out, you know? Uh, yeah. For singers, they, they dry out and also people in Asia already understood that you should wear masks and you already saw them particularly like when you go to Vancouver places like that with a giant Asian population, everybody's wearing one. And I always thought, Oh, I don't need to wear one. And now I feel like I've let the team down and I, I'm going to wear one.
2: Yeah. We were all just selfish Americans.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. The first people that put them on, uh, you know, in other countries are are the sick, you know, whereas, you know, here, We're told, oh no, you still have to come to work and you still have to do your job. And what, you know, you probably some Mm -hmm. people would get yelled at for wearing masks at work, you know, outside of the pandemic, but they really helped. Yeah. Uh, It's
1: it's SARS was a real serious issue uh, when it happened. And it was in Canada too. So I don't remember wearing a mask in Canada, but I remember traveling in Canada during SARS. And, you know, that's how it was transmitted. And so they kind of dealt with that. Uh, and while we didn't, as usual, but we're, you know, the idea that it's hampering your freedom is hilarious. That's like saying that you can't run people over in a crosswalk because it's you hampering your freedom to drive.
0: Well, that's yeah. true though. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fact. You can't drive. <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk a lot about uh, names on this show because it's a wide world of Dougs. And Greg slash Gregory is, um, I think, I, uh, name-wise, I feel like that's kind of a cousin to Doug. I think you probably have a lot of the same uh, issues that Dougs have.
1: Uh, well, my, my assumption is you get your names get, are you Doug or are you Douglas? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the misspelling, which is hilarious, like two G's at the end. I get yeah. Greg Giga all the time. And I've only met maybe in my entire life, one or two people with two G's at the end of their Greg. So I don't even understand where people get it from because it's not that common.
0: Yeah. I, I just think it's just, uh, you know, uh, it, it's derivative of like the word egg. You know, <laughs> right. I think if they already work in a restaurant, they write, you know, e.g. Why, you know, why wouldn't you write another g? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. You know, because that's what the, the, the Doug and I experience all the time is they write dough. They add an h. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it does it why?
1: <laughs> well, or if you're that. in England, that would be pronounced duff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that, was the what?
0: name. But the name Greg is like uh, like in a loud bar when you when someone asks you your name they're, they're going to mishear it a few times, right? Yeah. And so yeah, go get, ahead.
1: We get misheard. Of. I get Gary and I get Jeff all the time. Oh wow! People turn me into Jeff Proops because I think of Jeff <laughs> Proops maybe, uh, but I, oh. I've always gotten been called Jeff and um, I mean my last name is already a nightmare. I'm one R away from disaster, so
0: well you know or you know uh are one you know one lesso so and everybody's giving you props
1: <laughs> right <laughs> uh i like when people go um uh, uh th- they'll say to me how do you pronounce your name cuz they're so worried and then i'll go props and they're like oh like it like was an alternate. it's, an alternate. it's pronounced Shits and Cluffer. It's just they're, ter- they're
0: terrified that the R might be silent.
1: Right, they're relieved, and I'm like, and then I'll say it rhymes with troops, as in support the troops, and then they go, oh right. Oh my
0: god.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Greg, I get Craig, and Craig, I've always hated. I don't, ha- I don't hate people named Craig, but I just don't. I'm not fond of the name Craig uh and my name is gregory uh and the only people who, i'm sure this happens to you in your family call you by your full name or your family yeah uh, my and family also... all calls me and with two syllables by the way gregory not gregory yeah <laughs> they call me i know that i'm talking to a family member because i'm gregory um
0: uh, i'm stuck and, on i'm stuck on what craig is short for now is it short for gregory <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And there's so Craig they and there's
0: from? why is it?
1: <laughs> there's Liz. it's Liz. There's also uh Greg with a G R A I G. Uh what? there's there's a few alternate uh Craigs and Gregs in there. Uh. Yeah, I know, you know like uh it's not particularly Jewish. Um because there were 25 popes, I think named Gregory Dozens of popes named Gregory. Let's see. Craig means rock, it's a Gaelic name,
0: mm.
1: and that's Craig with an A I G.
0: Yeah,
1: huh. what's Greg? Is Greg what is it? Watchful, <laughs> that's <laughs> alert. Yeah, Greg, Gregor, Gregorio, Gregoire. Uh, John Cooper Clark, the poet, uh, who has a heavy Mancunian accent, uh, who's in English. Uh, he says, uh, he, he always calls me Gregoire, and calls my wife, Jennifer. and, uh, I have another buddy who's always called me Gregor, as in Gregor Mendel, the great botanist, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh. In San Francisco, I got a lot of names, which is where we first met. And I was mm-hmm. uh Proop Dog, uh Johnny Steele always called me Propodopoulos, Proop Monkey. So I've kept a lot of them as time has worn on.
0: <laughs> it's uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to have uh extras uh, you know standing by when you're you know referring to yourself and you're tired of your own
1: name. Right. Uh I call myself the prude kitten, and if I get heckled, I will say to the heckler, you so don't want to get Western with the prude kitten, because <laughs> I will, as LL Cool J said, crush you like a jelly bean. <laughs>
2: that's, I, 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 I got to adapt some form of a comeback with hecklers. That's, that's way cooler than anything I've ever said. Right?
1: <laughs> you do not want to get Western. <laughs> uh, although I remember doing, do you remember that show Tough Crowd? Doug, Doug's, Doug's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Colin Quinn. They would always bring me on to be the liberal, right? And mm. this was in the Bush days. This was the W days, and everybody would be, you know, kind of bushy. Um, and there was this air of uh, of aggression on the show. It was a real New York like dude show, where like they'd come at you. And because I talk the way I do and, and I'm effeminate and I'm obviously a West coast, you know, pot smoking liberal. Um, they were always nice to me. I, I got along with anybody. I got in a few fights, but, um, it was all forgiven after, uh, they would come at you like real aggressive and I would get called Jim J. Bullock within two seconds of the show starting or something, you know, some reference to that. Uh, clearly my sexuality was a real um, effort for them. And, uh, but one guy I remember, and I can't remember his name, he was an East Coast type, but he was junior grade. He wasn't even at the Jim Norton, you know, level of expertise. Uh, I was fixed fussing with my tie before we were, went on camera. And he goes, oh, you fixing your tie, huh? you going to fix your little fucking tie? This is <laughs> while we're you know, on the break, right? So I turned <laughs> to him and I said, you know what? I'm real smart. And what's going to happen is if you fuck with me, I'm going to make you cry on camera. You got that? Cause I'm real fucking clever and you will fucking cry. Okay. And he shut the fuck up and never said another word to me. The whole show. But I just turned to him and went like, I'm brilliant and I will make you cry. Do you understand? Cry. And he like, yep. and I thought, yeah, well so much for the, but I love that. Right. Like he was going to fuck with me. Like, Oh, you fucking, yeah. You're with your fucking tie. Right. Hey, you're fucking. And I was like, are you joking?
2: <laughs> He's like trying to get in your head pre-show. And right?
0: back
1: And then that they day. used to do this thing. that is always the Republican talking point, which is where was that uh, in the news? Like, so somehow if they missed it, then it was so uh, right that the fact was yeah. buried. And I remember it was uh, this was during Iraq or something. And it was some scandalous thing. And I read about it. And actually, when people read newspapers, that's how long ago the show was uh in usa today or something right when you're on the road they'd give you usa today at the hotel remember that and um uh one of that producers says to me oh really where was that in the paper and i went page 14 of usa today because i just read it that morning (laughs) and of course that stops them dead because then it's like they can't argue with you anymore and it's not any fun um but i always thought that was uh hilarious why would you do a comedy show where you aggressively attacked everybody Yeah, the the point of comedy is that we're a team and we all like i'm on another show like that people have heard of called who's line where we don't do that to each other we actually throw the ball to each other as you know we might throw it hard but we we're throwing the ball to each other so like no one ever goes i don't ever go like hey wayne you fucking dick you know like (laughs) why would you do that when you're in it on a team you know well, Comedy is a team sport. As soon as you put two comics together, we have to help each other. Well, get ready for the second half of the show.
2: <laughs> We're going to get this real was,
1: mean. <laughs> and I, I, I know that the show was called Tough Crowd, so that, that was the premise. I get it. But still, what made me laugh, too, about that show was, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about something. When, when I first started doing it, they gave you this giant brief. Um, it was six, seven pages long. Uh, And it was all printed out and it was all the topics you were going to go over and all the news stories behind them. And then by the end of the show, like five years into it, they just never, you know what they'd hand it to you and you'd never see it again or talk about it again. I was like, Oh, so the (laughs) idea was really never to cover topics. It was so that they could call me Jim J. Bullock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a rough one. I mean, you know, uh it, it worked in its weird way when all all the guys are just sitting there all just equally insulting each other you know that yeah that crew can be pretty entertaining when that happens but you know i can you know hear that on sirius xm or something
1: uh-huh. um, Here, here's what <laughs> one like we were walking out of the building and it uh, it was on what ninth and something i can't remember where they shot it and, uh, at the comedy central studio in new york like, i want to say it was in chelsea anyway uh we were walking outside after the show and I was with Colin Quinn and I lit up a joint, you know? And he, this was like 2004 or whatever. He turns to me and goes, Jesus Christ, proofs, this isn't fucking San Francisco. And that made (laughs) me cry laughing. (laughs) (laughs) But only a person from San Francisco would light a joint up on the street.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about Doug's? Have you known many dougs in your life
1: yeah i have a uh i don't know if you have these kind of members of your family uh in my family there's a bunch of people that are in my family that are we're not related to but somehow they're in our family you know what i mean like i don't know whether they're adopted in or it just happened right uh my wife's ex-husband my wife my sister's ex-husband has a guy in his family named doug And they're clearly not related. I think they adopted him or something. Anyway, he's my, I call him my cousin, but I didn't even know if I'm related to him. Right. And, um, (laughs) you know, I see him every few years, he comes to a show and his name's Doug. Uh, So there's one Doug and then you're Doug Benson. You've probably been the Doug I've known the most of all, the Doug I've dug the most. (laughs) Uh, That's what
0: happens on this show. Everybody I invite to come on, I'm
1: I'm like basically the top Doug.
0: Biggest Doug in their life.
1: Right. And then I have a cousin, Doug, uh, who's a, a proofs and uh, uh, was a doctor. Uh, I have a lot of, on my the Proops side, a lot of accomplished relatives. My cousin Doug was a doctor. My cousin Carol's a psychiatrist. My cousin Michael is a CPA. And my cousin Russell's a successful business person. And I'm a comedian. So if you want to get Jewish about it, all we're missing is a violin player. <laughs> um, if you have a psychiatrist, a CPA, a comedian, uh, literally all we're missing is a conductor. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, so my cousin, Doug, uh, I, he is very thin and sometimes sported a beard. So he had a slightly rabbinical cast to his mien. And, uh, then p- people see us together and be like, oh God, there's someone named Proofs that looks like you. <laughs> he's whip thin and really healthy that's the big difference i drink like i was just released from hell (laughs) and uh he uh, is always cautioning me to not be as big of a
2: drinker even after the pandemic come on (laughs) right (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, has any, I don't know if the pandemic increased my drinking or just made it more focused. <laughs> yeah. It's with purpose now. Oh God. I've gotten, then... you
0: know, I've, I've been forced to get into mixed drinks that, you know, that I make myself, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, the bartender has been taken out of the equation, you know, but also there's more, uh, more like pre mixed drinks on the market, both from, you know, delivery from restaurants and in, uh, stores, so I've been, uh, you know, playing around with a lot of
1: that as well. Um, it's true because we don't, we don't have our bartenders to look after us. And on that note, I bought some tonic water the other day at the supermarket and uh, I made a vodka and tonic and I complained to my wife, this is what's happening in the world that I didn't like the tonic as well as the other kind I used to buy, because I think it got Canada dry. And it tastes like what the British call lemonade, which is a real syrupy, Soda pop that they call mm-hmm. lemonade. We, our lemonade is made of lemons. British lemonade is like, tastes like tonic water that's too sweet. And that's what Canada Dry tastes like to me now. And I actually bitched about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, There's it's half a million uh,
1: dead people <laughs> and I, I didn't like my vodka tonic. <laughs> oh.
0: I, I drank water, I, you know, I drank one of those uh, canned waters recently where it just feels like a, you know, uh, just mm. a regular soda can or whatever. And it's also like the little, the little milk cartons with water in them. I can't, I can't stop feeling, uh, you know, something that's supposed to have a different flavor thing come out of it. Right than water you know what i mean i don't like putting a carton up to my mouth because even though i in my head i know i'm about to take a sip of water it's still weird that it's not milk
2: it tastes like cardboard (laughs) to me when i drink out of those so also yeah it's
0: just also bringing taste to water that you don't normally because water you know that's the one drink you can often just get it straight into your mouth without a without anything if you have a fountain or a hose you know so it's uh (laughs) it's um It's weird that we spend so much time putting water into
1: containers when we could just drink it straight out of whatever it's coming out of. (laughs) Just guzzle it down. That's the other thing. Is are are we going back to um, uh, uh, giving out water in restaurants? I think we are. Uh, I got some the other day. Uh, Are we going back to buffets and shit? Out of the you know, like you know, you played casinos enough. Yeah, Um,
0: it's a I I thought I was already kind of, you know, out the door on buffets anyway, just because I don't find, you know, I don't I don't find the bargain aspect of it that, you know, like, I don't feel like I'm I'm not a person anymore that wants to eat a lot because it's a real money saver. Right. I want to eat. I want to eat what I want, what I need to eat, <laughs> and then stop. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so buffets are just you know just gross to me on that level. But then, yeah, just the amount of people you know, just moving around near food that you might be eating. It's just like you know, is there going to be bar snacks? So there are going to be you know peanuts mm. in a bowl at the bar. Right. Remember peanuts oh,
1: in a bowl, God. popcorn in a basket.
0: Yeah, that's going to stop or they're just going <laughs> to make sure they have enough of them that you just get, you know, one individually because they still want to make you, you know, uh you know, they still want to give you salty shit so you drink more.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of places that would serve peanuts normally at a bar aren't going to care about this stuff enough to stop <laughs> serving peanuts at a bar. Right.
1: That's <laughs> the thing. When I read some survey today, it was about how people are going to behave going forward um and a bunch of people said they're going to carry on wearing their mask which i'm going to do uh, sure but a bunch of people said oh they really are going to keep washing their hands more and it was like what were you doing before yeah, gross. gross gross you were you were serving me you were touching me you were shaking my hand and you didn't wash your hands all the time <laughs>
0: yeah i don't like how uh, handshakes are trying to come back like every time Mm-mm. i do go out lately if I see somebody I know, they, they put their hand out to shake it. Or even, mm-hmm. you know, fans, too. I have been, I had a guy try to get a selfie with me where he was trying to get me to take my mask off. It's just like, dude, you're lucky that I'll even stand next to you long enough to get a picture. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, I'm elbow bumping everybody, and that's how I just do it now. I come at people with my elbow out.
2: Because-
0: yeah, you just got to fucking both elbows just run at them.
2: Okay, right? But- Zerbert on the belly that's my new greeting (laughs) (laughs) germs on the tummy don't carry as much for some reason, right
1: fine uh i at my podcast uh which i golly i haven't done live since i don't know last february or whatever um i mean in in a venue uh yeah i'm a real schmoozer like i mean doug's podcast i've done with a million times and we'll often go out and um fraternize with the people who are coming to the show and and get high with them and whatnot. And I would go around the whole audience and shake hands with everybody and, and give them stickers and schmooze them and take pictures. And I don't know how soon that's coming back, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be more creative with it, but hopefully the thing that people most want from the experience is the live performance itself. And that the, the meet and greet aspect is that, you know, that they understand that for the time being, like, I don't want fans being mad that they can't get, you know, photos with us, but I also don't necessarily want to hang out and get photos with everybody, you know?
2: All right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not, not yet. <laughs> no, not but, yet.
0: Or you just set up a thing where like, you know, Hey, do you want a wacky photo where I'm way in the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because we That's could set up idea. something like that. Or like I'm in the foreground and the person's way in the background, like whatever they want. But like you know, uh, just standing next to each other, because you could say to people, oh, "Let's just do it quickly," because that's what that's what people are going to say. Well, I'll do it fast, but most people don't know how to take a picture fast. <laughs> you no, know, they, they, <laughs> rumb, they rumb, say rumb. they're going to, and then there's oh, but I got to do this and I got to oh, turn they this have, off. They've they got the drinks,
2: or they're handling somebody else's phone. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: yeah. I, so, that's, that's
1: the
2: thing. <laughs>
0: This stuff was hard enough to navigate when it was a <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: It was. Because it, when we play with a Line group, we obviously, after we finish the show, we come out and, and people are waiting and they want to meet Ryan and shit and get pictures. And we've took pictures with everybody. We always have. But I wonder now, because Ryan was always ahead of the curve on the germaphobe thing. He carried hand sanitizer all the time. And after we would schmooze with everybody for an hour after the show, he would be doling out hand sanitizer on the <laughs> yeah. And he was right to do it, because you just don't want to get sick from touching everybody, which is yeah. what you do. Like you, it's like you said, Doug, people will go out in public really ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it, I think, all, that's why no one's had a cold or a flu in a year, is that no one's doing that now. And they're wearing masks. Uh, and it, when I lived in England and even whenever I go back, when you go to a theater to see a play or, or a movie theater, or whatever, the amount of bronchial fucking action in England is just, you know, you sit down and place goes quiet and then you hear, <laughs> you know, just everybody starts coughing. Oh, at, wow. And I was like, Oh God, I just thinking about going back to England and playing there. Uh, and the amount of, an <laughs> <laughs> well, They should really wear masks.
0: Yeah. Have you, Greg, ever played a character named Doug? It's a
1: good question.
2: You've worked. I think with, I have. You worked with Ileana Douglas a few times, right? I did. I've worked
1: with, uh, and she goes by um, ID. Uh, uh, we don't call her. We can call her Ileana, but her friends call her ID. Oh, that's cute. Uh, Isn't it? And um, she was nice enough to put me on a show she did called Only Anorama, which started as like she was working in a supermarket with Jane Lynch and shit. And then it became (laughs) she worked at Ikea or something. Yeah. I played her manager on it, which was really hilarious because she gave me one of the best lines I've ever got to do in a show, which was I burst into the Ikea in my suit and tie looking like a Wilshire Boulevard asshole and go, Out of my way, I'm the one who put um, Ileana in Pluto Nash, (laughs) which is a hilarious line to write about yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm the one who put it in Pluto Nash, and everybody has to shout (laughs) out. And also, she brilliantly um, used lots of really terrific old-time comedians in the show, so it was such a pleasure to be on the set, because what's his name? Was it Jack Davis, the one who was on New Heart? Remember him? Uh, mm-hmm. it was been a really dead man and the woman who directed it was one of the women from, uh, Oh, bloody hell. What's that 90s show that was up in, Oh, oh you know, Northern, anyway. Northern it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one, uh, Mary, what was her name? Uh, thanks for getting it in one gas. Uh, <laughs> you, you would always be working with all fantastic, um, old time comedians and, and contemporary Tom Arnold, I think did it. I remember spending a whole day with him hanging out and, you know, he, I didn't know him. He's really smart, you know? Yeah. Fun guy to hang out with. Uh, he's pretty bright. and uh, Wayne Fetterman so I, was on it. Oh, Fetterman, yeah. Uh, Fetterman, yeah. Uh, who I love. You know, like, Fetterman's one of the great lamb chops of comedy, don't you think? He's just such a right such
2: a guy. And talented.
1: Yeah. He, he can play. He can sing. Like, he, he's a good uh, musician, which not a lot of people... You don't really, he doesn't take advantage of it by being a hack on stage and doing crappy parodies, but he's quite yeah. a musician too, you know? Like Jamie Foxx, I did the Jamie Foxx show years ago, uh, whenever that was on in the 90s, and um, got to meet Garrett Morris and Garcel Bouvet and all that. But Jamie, in between takes, would sit down at the piano and play like a fucking demon. Yeah. Like he's a superb musician.
0: No, he's great. He, uh, yeah. he, he's probably one of the more like that's he's proving it now by just doing whatever the fuck he feels like doing. Like he he can do anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh. he's just like, Oh, I'll do a game show. I'll do a sitcom. I'll do movies. I'll just <laughs> do it. And I'll do them all at the same time. Like he's not, uh, <laughs> he's, he's not really a, good.
1: He's good looking. He's dead funny. Yeah. Which is it. Oh, Jennifer and I always talk about this. Uh Who was it the other day we were saying was overlooked because they were uh, good-looking, especially women women that are funny, if they're really good-looking, they kind of get overlooked for how fucking funny they are, because yeah. you expect a comic to look like you or me, but well, I'm not trying to denigrate our looks, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We look like comics. Uh, <laughs> when you're, when you look like, remember Tom McTee? Yeah. Uh, he was really lantern-jawed and great-looking. He looked like he should play the coach on TV, like you high, you know, Lance, yeah as amazing. Warren Thomas used to say Lance Cha and Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, and so people don't really love it if you're really great looking on stage. if you're a comic it's it's they people are kind of like mm. you have to prove something more. Whereas if you come on and you look like uh, um, what's his name uh, poor he passed away Max Alexander, then everybody's really you laugh the minute you walk out there, you know. if you got That's that.
0: Hang on, look. Yeah. Yeah, he's (laughs) a big guy, and uh, yeah, he always looks sad. Uh, He's like kind of like the living version of that uh big owl from the bear country jamboree
1: <laughs> blood on the saddle.
0: I mean I still can't get over like they talk a lot about how old shit in disneyland is uh you know is um, definitely not up to today's woke standards but uh I, I you know they they took the country bear jamboree out of Disney world finally a few years back and uh, so it's not in Maybe it's in one of the foreign parks still, I don't know. But uh but just to have a big guy come out and sing a song about the whole song is about how there was blood everywhere. Yeah, there's blood on the saddle, there's blood on the ground, there's blood all around. That's and a the whole hole. song at yeah, a children's yeah. show.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> It was crazy. So great. I love that. (laughs) I really loved Country Bear Jamboree. The heads on the wall talked, and then they'd sing at the end, and everybody come out and. What does he say that the, the hot lady bear would come down on a swing and sing a song, and then mm-hmm. the 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 bear that was the host would go, "I'm gonna find a ladder and be right up," <laughs> like vaudeville, right? Like, yeah, like no, it was totally have sex with the lady bear.
0: Yeah, it was totally a roaring twenties kind of uh, you know prohibition, yeah. speak speakeasy review kind of thing.
1: <laughs> what is it well he's big around the quarters and he's wide around the rump, making 30 miles an hour doing 40 feet a jump ain't never been caught he ain't never been treated. some folks say he looks a lot like me i can the fucking <laughs> songs man old slew for, they sang like classic country songs too so there's a few like yeah each, each country standards the whole okay. thing was like The
0: whole thing was like fifteen minutes long, and they uh, they had like you know seven or eight different acts and a a whole band, and then there was this one stupid little bear that would always, uh, you know, at the end of a song at some point would uh, you know uh, squeeze his teddy bear and make an an annoying noise. Um, But I could talk about Disney stuff uh, all damn day. We have one more question before we get to the next uh, portion of the show, Greg. Okay, You're doing, you're doing great so far. Uh, any, is there any way you could think of to help us get uh, second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, as a guest on this show?
1: Wow. Well. Uh, a tall order, I know. I know. He's really busy, uh, <laughs> yeah. at my guest. So I don't know that it's a party. It would be great. Um, maybe if you offered him a chance uh to talk about the agenda, he would do it, you know, because you're a famous comedian with a giant audience and a huge Twitter following. He and do whatever uh whatever he wants. <laughs> right? I mean, but say to him, like what we want to talk about. You say it's you know, the premises were Doug's. And you are currently the most famous Doug in the country. And um, you know, if you could try him on Twitter. I did uh, try
0: Twitter, and he just doesn't. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm sure well, there's I mean, a
0: lot of people poking at imagine him.
1: Imagine the layers of security around him. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, uh,
0: It's going to be tough, but, you know, uh, we're asking all the guests just in case somebody goes, oh, yeah, I, I have a cousin who's Doug Emhoff.
1: Right. And then, if you know, I did, I would. And then, we're, and then we're in, you know. The closest I um, can get is that um, I went to high school with the uh, Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm. Um, But that's not exactly it.
0: No, but that's (laughs) like, that's pretty amazing.
1: She was um, uh, uh, the queen of our junior prom. And uh, she had fair faucet hair. This is the 70s. Yeah. And a great, um, great looking uh, woman. And then we went to college together and did a bunch of plays. And then she split. And then the next time I saw her after that was in the early 80s in San Francisco at State. And she said, um, I said, Jennifer, what are you doing? And she went, I'm going to bolt. I'm taking law. And I was like, so no more acting. And she's like, I gave up acting. Then cut to, she was elected AG of um, um, Michigan twice and then governor twice. Oh, my God. So I was playing Dr. Grimm's in, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the DeVos town? You know, Grand what Rapids. Is. Grand Rapids. It, it, dr- the Grand Rapids is like a real red part of... Michigan because it's where Jerry Ford's from and the DeVos family, everything there is called the DeVos, this, the DeVos, that, like that group of billionaire yeah. Nazis. And I'm sure you play Dr. Grimms. It's upstairs. Yeah. There's a, It smells like burnt pizza. <laughs> it's a good, it's fun. It's a fun room. Um, and uh, I was on TV as you do like, you know, the afternoon, whatever TV show. And I said, I just happened to mention on TV. I said, it's I went to school with the governor. We went to San Carlos High School together. Next thing I know, my phone rings, uh, and there's a message on it. And uh, I said, Hey, Greg, it's Jennifer Granholm. Uh, listen, I want to come to the show tonight. Do you think you can get me a table and a couple comps? Um, call me back at the State House. <laughs> so. <laughs> i i call her i call the state house in lansing right uh, the capital of michigan and they go like governor's mansion you know and i'm like um yeah um my name's greg and i'm calling for governor Granholm." And they're like oh hang on a second greg and <laughs> can, she comes on and she goes can you give me a table for tonight and i'm like i'll see what i can do <laughs> So I called the club and the guy who ran the club, a nice Midwestern, you know, this is a Midwestern comedy club, not exactly a, you know, a palace. Uh, he picked me up in his car, you know, that kind of gig. We've all been at them, yeah. you know, the manager, of the club picks up in his car, he takes you to the radio and it's the Toyota. Or you know, I'm not saying this isn't below me. I'm just saying this is how comedy clubs are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they they don't come in a big limo or whatever. They the dude who runs the club or the guy who runs the kitchen comes and picks you up in their fucking <laughs> yeah. car that's full of garbage, and that's how it works. So I ring him and I say, "Listen, I have the governor coming tonight, and <laughs> can I have? A- and this place is small. Uh, <laughs> uh, go, can I have a table?" Uh, the- He's like, "Yeah." So I get to the club before the show starts, and he's wearing a tie and a coat. And, he, you know, no, he would never. He found a coat and tie in his belongings, <laughs> and he put them on, and I was so cute. And she came uh, with one security guard, one, you know, real low-key. And we went in the other room and chatted, and she came to the show. And, I, you know, ever since then, we've been friends. Uh, she comes to see me in San Francisco because she's a Bay Area person. And uh, then, fantastically, Biden appointed her a secretary of energy. So uh, now I see her, uh, you know, on telly and and on Twitter and stuff. I mean, I wrote her, you know, but she's kind of busy now. So she doesn't exactly answer me, (laughs) but she used to. But um, yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: I guess it's good that you got the heads up, but you'd think the governor could call any comedy club in her state and say, hey, yeah. I have a table tonight. Wasn't that funny?
1: You know? uh, I mean, what if, what if uh, uh, Gavin Newsom called him like, duh, um, look, I, I saw you're playing at the... <laughs> I saw you're doing the Brea Improv. I'm uh, gonna be down there with Jennifer, and I was you know, can you get me can you give me a table and some of that prime rib?
2: Like yeah, I could get you some tickets, but you're gonna have to get two drinks and some cheese sticks, or
1: Right? And the chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. As long as oh, you're I- willing to abide by the minimum, you you'll be good.
1: Right. I don't know that uh, Doug and Cumulon know who I am, but I did do a lot of uh, campaign, um, an online events during the election because obviously I had the same notion as you guys did that it's all going to go to hell. So uh, I don't know that they know who I am, but I think they might have a vague notion. Obviously, I'm from San Francisco and um is a big Bay Area person for a thousand years. So right. there's a minute chance she might know who I am. I've campaigned for her and uh, been at events, online events and live events. But I've met her, but only like, you know, how you meet a politician, you take a picture with them, you know, you schmooze for a few minutes and then. So enough that I can call the vice president's office and go, look, I have these cheap brands and I get hired (laughs) from them. And if you would just tell your husband to do their show, it would be so
0: I just you've 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 humored this question. You've humored us with this question so much more than any other guest. Everyone else is like, why would how would I be able to help? Next question. Well, I was trying to think Um, of how I could get to them, you know, like you really Yeah, you worked it out for us. and uh, Because I, you know, this,
1: this White House was way more open. Um, I tried to stump for Hillary, and we even went to Brooklyn and met Christy Yamaguchi, and, uh, uh, who was one of her big campaign chairs, and went to her HQ and everything, and got vetted. But she didn't. it wasn't that open, but with Kamala's uh, campaign and Biden's campaign, I, you know, we, we didn't get to stump for them directly, but we stumped for, um, Warnock and Ossoff in Georgia, did this giant event with Huslan and raised a ton of money. And, uh, they're really friendly. They were very friendly. And they would actually phone me on my phone and go like, okay, you know, we can't do a Kamala event, but will you do these other events? And of course it was really important to do the Ossoff and Warnock one because they ended up, um, get capturing the balance in the, in the Senate. Those two democratic senators from Georgia, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. And a black guy and a Jew? Are you kidding me? This is the South. Yeah. No. No. So I was glad to be able to do it. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of openly thinking about who I know. Well, we
0: appreciate you putting so much thought into it, especially a show where (laughs) we we, we gathered here to ask you questions. And we've prepared. uh, We do every guest that comes on the show. We ask five questions each. We call it five and five. And uh, we, there's one other thing we have to do before that, and that's we would like you to eat some leftovers.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is not pre-recorded. Doug does that live, and it <laughs> impresses, me, impresses me every time, because it sounds like a, a drop. Um, we ran out of time last show, Greg, and our guest was Moon Zappa. Oh, yeah. And much like yourself, she was a terrific guest. Lots of great answers to the questions. But we didn't get to all of her questions. Uh, Doug, you have like two left over for her?
2: Yeah, two
0: left. Yeah, so we each have two questions uh, left over. And we just like, to, if you don't mind, we'd like to, you to answer them since we didn't get time with Moon.
1: Okay. I'll, I'm happy right. to answer Moon's questions. Well,
0: we appreciate <laughs> that.
1: Uh, I like Moon. We're we're friendly. She's yeah, always been she's, a really serious uh, friends to comedians.
0: Absolutely. No, she's a, she's a great laugher. And, uh, you know, I know has all the really,
1: Zappas they, they're comedy, they're sort of comedy adjacent.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, Frank Zappa was, uh, his, his music was uh, a lot of it was really fun, even though. Yeah. He was, you know, funny, funny. Music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that might even come up in uh, the question. So I'm glad you, uh, you, already okay. know. you already know enough to maybe answer on her behalf, or you can answer how you would answer, uh, however you'd like to play it. But, Doug, go ahead and uh, ask right. Greg your first Moon Zappa question.
2: First one, Moon slash Greg.
0: How many facts
2: did you learn from being on the Facts of Life?
1: Uh, I, I uh, wasn't on it. But uh, I heard of it, so I learned uh, a couple of facts. Uh, At least um, two. That if birds and bees make love, that's how babies are born, with storks. <laughs> uh, they said yeah.
0: all, that was all part of that show? I think so. Hmm. I thought it was like about a girl's school. I didn't know there was Oh, that show. show. Yeah, yeah Facts with 2- of Life.
2: 2D? 2D? was the only one I remember. Yeah, 2
0: yes. <laughs> Natalie.
2: Oh,
0: Natalie, yeah. Oh, right, um, yeah. oh there this was is... also Street Trash. <laughs> 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 well, that's what it's I, that's what I that call show is <laughs> Did they have the same names as the Little Women? There's Joe, there's.
1: Little Women, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's as good an answer as I could. I, I, I don't know what Moon would have said to that, but uh, I like Greg's answer. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask her, Greg, did they have to get your permission to make that Sam Rockwell
1: movie, Moon? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I assume they did.
0: Right? Because you can't just go around going, hey, we made this thing called Moon when there's a person right, right there named moon. moon that could just be like, hey, hold on, that's my name.
2: To, they also had to reach out to former quarterback Warren Moon
0: what if the working title was moon unit and they got, they got them to drop unit in a lawsuit? (laughs) See, this is the kind of fun we would have had with moon if we didn't run out of time. Uh, Doug, Doug, what else have you got?
2: All right. Last leftover from moon Zappa is pterodactyl woman from Beverly Hills based on a
1: true story. My understanding is it is. uh, uh, Whoa that she lived in a, a rocky crag uh, above Beverly Hills and would swoop down and you could hear the beating of her slate gray wings. <laughs> it's a typical L.A. story. Oh, very much so, just a classic Hollywood tale. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was all pretty fun for me because I didn't understand the question or the- Me neither.
2: Oh, Moon, Moon was in a movie called Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. It's a trauma picture. Trauma. Trauma. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, really? it looks wild. It's got um, Beverly D'Angelo in it and a few other people. It looks out of control. Awesome.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that in her filmography when I was uh, going through it. Uh, my last question was uh, is a uh, Frank Zappa-based question for her. Ooh. I wanted to ask, in the song Valley Girl, you popularized the expression, gag me with a spoon. And my question to her was going to be, but have have you ever gagged with a spoon?
1: No, I think it's a figure of speech.
0: But <laughs> why would why would one? I don't understand
1: why it's a figure of speech. I guess. I don't know. I, I think it was just great comedy. Um, I was thinking of <laughs> it was the other day for no reason because uh, what was it uh, she says in the song? Um, He's like Lord God King Bufu. That, yeah, that, that line always made me laugh. Yeah, she was she's always a teenager my artist. always said, playing with his rings.
0: She's a teenager who made up of a bunch of silly things, and then her dad was like, "Yeah, let's put this into a song." Yeah, it was great, but I never, I you know, I lived it, and I never understood gagging with a spoon uh, <laughs> as an expression. I mean, I guess it's just a way. I guess you know what's her name? Share uh, in. Um, And Clueless uh, updated that one uh, to just merely as if. I think
1: Agnes of Spoon and as if mean the same thing. I love that movie so much. It's so good. It's really good. And uh, funnily enough, um, the place I kept hearing as if the most was always England. In England, they always said as if. (laughs) And then I guess it got popular here with Clueless really holds up to us. Other than one or two sexist things here and there, it's a pretty groovy movie. I still laugh my ass off at it.
0: Yeah. No, it's really, it was, it was just very clever the way she, you know, made Emma palpable for everybody.
1: I um, think that Amy Heckling is a wildly underrepresented um, director and the fact that she made Fast Times and Clueless, which are both classics and both still hold up and have real issues in them, uh, are, uh You know, she should have had a lot more pictures. I believe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dead funny, dead funny writer and director.
0: Yeah, that's but that's the you know that's part of the issue with being not only a director but a woman directing. Like you, you're not going to necessarily get. You know, she can't crank out scripts, so she's you know going to have to direct things that are just more like she's just there to do the job, and then she gets the blame when those movies are dumb. But uh, yeah, I think she's uh, I think she's great, and thank you for. For eating those leftovers, uh, <laughs> are you uh, are you full? <laughs> yes, Cause, I'm Because we have five and five questions for you, and this is a record breaker here on Wide World of Dugs. We're going. We have one commercial break in the show, and it's usually in the middle, but at this on this one, it's happening fifty some minutes into the performance. Uh, we'll be right back. We are back. We're here with Greg Proops and Doug Mellard has written five questions. I've written five questions, but we're not there's no way we're going to get to all of them. But let's just uh let's get through, you know, as many as we can. And um we'll start with you, Doug. What's uh uh what's your first question for for Greg Proops and Greg Poops only?
2: All right. As a baseball fan, what is the greatest baseball moment you've witnessed live in the stands?
1: Anything wow. historical? Well, live is yeah, because I wasn't at the three times my San Francisco Giants won the World Series because they were so the, that wasn't live in the stands. So to answer your question directly, uh, me and Warren Thomas were at a playoff game in 2002 and Benito Santiago, who was catcher for the Giants uh, and had, had major injuries that season went on, um, hit a home run to win the game. And I remember we turned to each other, and then we just got up and started dancing. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Did you make it to the cam? <laughs> <laughs> right? with was a kiss cam? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Uh, uh, so I mean, that was just one. I could think of a lot of other... Yeah. Uh, you're,
2: you're giants. I, I grew up a Rangers fan. So your giants are part of the reason I've almost given up on baseball.
1: Cause they've never been the sense since 2010 and 11. Boy, I had a great routine about the 2010 Rangers. And then they went back to next year and lost again, which was just awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then um, they were
1: done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? Who played it? Who was your big star right fielder? Who was a clean and Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, Josh Hamilton. Josh. And um, he came to San Francisco for the first game, right, and the city is a whole other bag for sports. The Giants fans like, smoke weed like outside the park, yeah. and it because there's only a screen that you know there's not not whole gang thing in right field, it blows into the park. And he was losing his mind that people. Oh my in Arlington, man, Arlington, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, people are smoking weed out on the fucking field. And he was trying to be clean and sober, which he's you know he's dropped off the wagon a few times. But yeah, that one made me cry laughing. And I'm like, dude, you're in our town now. Yeah. Let me hand my let me hand my bomb to this lesbian policeman for a second while I, you know. Oh my like god. You, I you gotta understand. And was the other joke, I go, they show San Francisco and the ballpark at night, and it looks like an emerald in a bed of jewels with the bay spread out like a poem all around it. And then when they went back to Texas, they showed them like, here's the stockyards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's about right. No <laughs> offense taken being from San Francisco
1: awesome. from the air and that where the ballpark is, looks like a dream. Right. And Arlington stadium is in that giant car park yeah. and it's this, you know, Oh buddy. And the huge ball <laughs> reliefs on the walls of white people driving cattle across the Indians territory. It's just uh, so <laughs> fantastically white uh, people. Only Texas uh, would have giant freezes on the side of the stadium of white people conquering the West. Oh my God! <laughs> Thanks.
0: Well, that uh, that was a great answer, yeah. and uh, <laughs> of course, now we're out of time. We'd like to thank you for joining us today, Greg. Let's get let's do a couple more just for that. just let's go let's let's go a few minutes long, yeah, because it's okay. just I mean, you know, I don't know if Greg has figured this out, but the, the you know the gag is is every week we run out of time. And, um, you know, so that we can ask the next guest, you know, because it's just fun to ask people questions that weren't meant for them. So here's a question that I was going to ask Jerry O'Connell when he was on a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe months ago, I, I forget how long it's been now, but he was like walking his dog and arrived late. There was a lot going on with Jerry that day. Mm-hmm. So, so we, didn't, we didn't get to any of Jerry's questions. So what I was going to do today was just ask you Jerry's questions uh, because I knew you'd be great at this. So here's the, the first one I was going to ask Jerry, but now I'm asking you, is uh, you appeared on the Broadway stage with the late, great Alan Rickman. Please do an impression of him saying something to you, like maybe, you know, advice that he gave you at some point. Mm
1: -hmm. If you get all for the name of a quarter of that part, I suggest you drop it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I bet you that you did much better, Alan Rickman, than Jerry
1: would have done.
2: (laughs) That was pretty great. I think uh,
1: the thing to do was holding it for you. My late friend, uh, John Sessions, who passed in the last year, who's uh, one of the original stars on Whose Line, had a hilarious, uh, he was a wonderful impressionist. And his, he gave the key to doing Alan Rickman, which is act like your lips can't touch your teeth. So you talk like this. Oh, wow. It's the season. Her. What does he say? Uh, uh-huh. it, is, it is the holiday season, so be of good cheer. John
0: McClane <laughs> uh,
1: Robin of Locksley
0: <laughs> It is fun trying to talk without your <laughs> Just do it and you'll do know a much without better on your, Yeah, because yeah. he, he had like a real almost like kind of a, a, a horse's mouth kind of yes. the way his lips would wrap around what he was saying
1: Now I have a gun Her, her, her <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man way better than jerry all right uh, yeah. do you have another quick greg question doug
2: yeah i'll do a here's a quick one fuck mary kill frosted flakes lucky charms wheaties
1: oh um i, I love uh, uh, lucky charms i haven't eaten them in a hundred years so those i would uh copulate with uh what was the other two uh, Wheaties and uh, Frosted Flakes. Wow, Wheaties. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, did you
0: write it down? <laughs>
1: yes. Right, Wheaties and Frosted Flakes are the same cereal, but one has sugar on it. Right. <laughs>
2: so right.
1: So between Aren't they marrying like exact... and <laughs> I don't know which one to marry. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna marry the Frosted Flakes and kill the Wheaties, I guess.
2: <laughs> kill the healthier one.
1: Well, because yeah. I, I don't. The Wheaties puts NASCAR drivers on their boxes, and I don't think that's sport. i love
0: that that's the reasoning
1: yeah that's great i love it
0: (laughs) that's a great reason i got one more quick one i think i think you'll get this right greg uh this for jerry i was going to ask him which of your movies has this tagline he stole the money and he's not giving it back
1: wow this is a jerry o'connell one
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: a jerry o'connell movie that he's in yeah, he's stole the think... money, and he's
0: not giving it back. Uh-huh.
1: It's, it's not Jerry Maguire, and I thought... No. Although that would have been a great tagline for that movie, because it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, I, I don't know the name of the Jerry O'Connell movie, so uh, I'm going to have to make it up. It's um, um, Bank Heist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a s- series on Netflix?
1: Oh, that's Money think, Heist.
0: Oh, and then it's there's a Spanish movie. show, The Money Heist,
1: which is hilarious because the actual Spanish name of the show is uh, called uh, Paper Music. I mean, they they put the name of the show up in Spanish, and it has nothing to do with Money Heist. Oh, right. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, just they changed just it completely.
0: A, yeah, they just gave it a cooler sounding name, like right. Because like, there was another, there was a movie I didn't watch it, but because, because it because of the name and that it starred Kelsey Grammer, but it was. Uh, I think it was called Plane Heist. Right. It like, just doesn't heist. get any more, any more basic than that. Well, we didn't did think up? of
1: anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked all those Richard Gere movies from the uh, late 80s and early 90s because it was always like, you know, continuous problem. I mean, it, was always <laughs> some, it was always some weird phrase that was supposed to indicate, you know, unrest or a lawsuit or an unhappy couple, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot un-
1: of the- unresolvable <laughs> solution. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And like police expressions, you know, like uh yeah. what do they call it? When they investigate their own, he was always uh, internal, right, affairs. internal
1: affairs.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was about affairs of both kinds. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has been so much fun, Greg. I can't believe uh, that, uh, you know, we have so many questions uh, for you left on the table, but uh we'll try to ask the next person on down the line. Would you like to... Uh, promote anything particular at this time?
1: Uh, yeah, my podcast is uh, uh Smartest Man in the World. That's at I have a show on Saturday at the Nowhere Comedy Club with Ben Glebe. It's a one-year anniversary. We do a little improv show together called It's a G Thing. You can go to my website, QuickProofs.com or Nowhere Comedy Club. That'll be on Saturday at 5. And then I'm doing a Nowhere Comedy Club podcast of my show on the 5th fifth- 18th the 18th is a friday at 5 p.m um i will be doing that from the purpose of fruititude and that will be on camera and like that. right so that that's what i'm plugging oh and who's line will go back on the road in october so if you go to who's live anyway um we're selling tickets uh yeah. for shows in the autumn
2: tell ryan D- to stock up on that Right on the, the hands hand sanitizer. Yeah, and it's hand sanitizer.
1: The last gig we did together was uh, not last year, it was uh, 2020. And um, it was uh, March 8th oh in Anacoras, Washington. And I remember he came on. Oh, we did Seattle, the Moore Theater, like on the sixth or seventh. Oh, yeah. And he came on with a whole roll of toilet paper wrapped around his head as a joke, right? Like, because people were starting to wear masks. Oh my god. And uh, uh, I remember that. And that we were sanitizing the microphones. That was our big way to not get it. And, yeah.
2: And then everybody um, ran out of toilet paper and he
1: Right. And then yeah. we, we it. got in a we got on a bus on the eleventh or twelfth to go to uh Escondido or somewhere to do a gig. A bunch of what we hilariously in comedy call local gigs, meaning it was like Lancaster Escondido, you know. Which, of course, are nowhere near L.A. Um, And uh, Jennifer said to me, I don't understand why you guys are doing this. Why are you going on this tour? And I said, because I'm in a group. And, you know, by lunchtime, they had banned gatherings of over a thousand people. Uh (laughs) So we went and ate lunch and we came right back home. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because we were playing four theaters that weekend, all of which held more than 1,000 people. Uh I was like, well, no, 1,000 people can't be in a room together. (laughs) Jeez. Damn. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to going back into a room.
0: Yeah. And people can, you know, do that uh, kind of uh, optimistic purchase right now and find when they're coming to your town and get tickets. And uh, and then that means the, the pandemic will stay away because everybody's got such a positive attitude. (laughs) <laughs> um, Doug Mellard, what do you got to plug?
2: I'm going to be starting a monthly stand-up show in Austin at the Buzz Mill uh, with my buddy Mike Weeby called Excelsior. So it's going to start July 1st. So check it out.
0: What? My it's a weekly o'clock. show? What night? Of uh, month? m- monthly,
2: monthly. Uh, every, for monthly every first show, Thursday. what
0: night of the month? Every first,
2: th- every first Thursday of the month.
0: First Thursday of every month. What do yeah. you like? Uh... <laughs> Uh, what do you like on the Supreme Court? Isn't that when they convene? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be doing Douglas movies in front of an actual live, but small audience on Wednesday. Really? Yeah. On Wednesday, June 9th at the Brea improv. Nice. So tickets are on sale for that. Now, how many people are they going to put in? I think it's, it's tab- They're going to allow 64 tables. So you can either have two at your table or four at your table. Oh. And depending on the size of your party, you can't you can't join up with other
1: people that I, are like I in did a to, uh, I did a podcast with um, the GM of the uh, the Healing in Portland, Nick. Uh, mm. and we know that I love the Healing in Portland. I'm sure you do too. And he said they were yeah. having it 70 people in. Yeah. How many they're allowing?
0: Yeah, every club's got like their you know their own rules. They have to deal with with their own city and state and just their own you know. Their own personal uh, choices. Cause, you know, I, I know I wouldn't want to run a place that, you know, somebody goes, oh, by the way, that show the other night was a super spreader event or whatever. Right. You, you know, you mm. just don't know what's going to happen now. We got through this w- holiday weekend without, you know, I haven't heard much talk of massive gatherings that were unsafe, but uh, I'm sure there were some. So we'll see what, we'll, you know, we'll just see what happens. Right. And, uh, but thank you, Greg, for bringing this hour of sunshine into our lives. Thank you. Thank you, darling. <laughs> and as always, whose Doug is it anyway? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Got it. Look
1: around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time?